Hey, man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history, trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Now on to this week's episode. All right, guys, what's up? Hey, everybody, it's time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast this week of May 1st, 2023, season five, episode number 17. Well, here's the deal. Um, David's out of town this week. My wife is actually injured and she's not feeling well, so it's just going to be me. But we are going to kick off this episode with that exclusive interview with Stinking Lizavetta. So let's get to it. Let's just play it right away. Hopefully you guys enjoy this. Check it out. Chris here on the Bear 105.7, as well as the Rock News Weekly Podcast with a very special treat for you guys. I have an awesome uh, little treat here with an exclusive interview with uh, one of my favorite power trios from Philadelphia, Stinking Lizavetta on the phone lines with us. Hey guys, how's it going? Howdy, going good, Chris. Going great. Going great, man. All right, let's introduce everybody um, real quick, if you wouldn't mind just saying your name and what you play in the band, and then we'll get to it. My name is Yanni Papadopoulos. I play guitar. My name is Cheshire Augusta. I play drums. And I am Alexi Papadopoulos, and I play the upright electric bass. All right. So for our listeners that aren't familiar with your band, you guys have been around since 1994. Is that correct? That is correct. Now, that means that 2024 is the 30th anniversary of you guys being a band. That is pretty effing cool, I gotta say. <laughs> you can't hear me. Uh, you, you mumble. You mumble. <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best. I'll, I'll I'll slow down. I guess. Yeah, we're not we, we're, we're deaf, not, but not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not that old. No, but I, I was thinking that's pretty awesome. You guys are going to be celebrating that 30th anniversary coming up here, uh, and your new album is on the way. It's coming out June 23rd. Anthems and Phantoms. It's your first new album since 2017, so we've had a little bit of a stretch here in between albums. What's uh, Have you guys been kind of writing in these past seven, six years, or did you just get kind of inspired recently to do this new album? Well, uh, it, it takes a long time to get things out nowadays. Right. You, uh, you, you, we, well, the album was probably written, you know, probably three years ago now. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we've been actually performing these songs for quite a while. Um, but uh, with uh, the, the album release date was, is determined by when you get your vinyl copies. <laughs> right. And you, have to, yeah, and you have to wait a year for that. I know, it's crazy, you know? right? And, and so everything leading up to that takes months, too. So, like, you know, it's, uh, the days of just being able to record a record and put it out the next week are, you know, long gone. Um, but uh, you know we don't mind we don't mind being on a slow burn. What do they call, what do they say? Slow and low. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's there make you go. The food tastes good. There you go. You know? I just call it human taste. But of course, <laughs> right? there was also COVID. I think we recorded this in the fall of 2020. Right. Okay. So you know. But when you think about like you know we when you get an, an album out, you got to go out and you got to tour it. And then you got to play those songs for a couple of years, right? You can't just move on. Very true. And then you write new ones that you record. So 
four or five years between albums just it just makes sense. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So you guys are getting ready for, you know, hitting the road. You're going to be releasing this new album. Um, the first album, real quick, uh, that I got from you guys was 2001's 3. I remember I found it at Amoeba Records in Berkeley, and I bought oh, it. I just bought it on the name alone. I saw the album cover, and I said, that is an effing cool album. I'm going to give well, that one a shot. You're a pretty cool guy, then. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite albums uh, of all time, honestly. I revisit that album quite a bit. I know it was put out on Joe Lolly's Talata Records, uh, and I'm a huge fan of him and all the work he does. So if I, I was like, if this is coming out on this record label, it's got to be good. And it's one of my favorite things to show my friends that are like supposed metalheads that have heard it all. And they have these, you know, and then I bust out that stinking Lizavetta 3. And they're like, holy, what is this, man? This is badass. So I just, I just want to say that's one of my favorite albums. <laughs> one friend at a time. <laughs> we'll get there, right? We'll get there. Yeah, I mean, when you think about like who else was on that label, uh, Dead Meadow and Spirit Caravan, um, right. you know that uh, all those, you know, we're all still playing music now. Yeah, you know? that's and, killer. Uh, it's so exciting to have this new album on the way. When I got that email blast, I replied so fast to it. I said, "Oh my god, I'm a huge fan. I can't believe that we got this new album on the way." And I got an advanced listen of it, and I'm not going to spoil anything for our listeners, but I just wanted to like talk about the new album, if we could, just like a couple of the, the tracks that were some of my favorites, if you wouldn't mind. Sure, man. Okay, so on the new album, there's a bunch of really, um, I feel like it has like this dynamic range to it, like a lot of really bluesy lows and a lot of like frantic highs. And I, I read somewhere that that's maybe kind of where the name came from, Anthems and Phantoms, where you have these kind of like very anthemic riffs, very straightforward, badass riffs, but then also this, like, phantom kind of, like, ethereal presence to the album that has this mood and atmosphere to it. So Great, uh, great, yeah. yeah. I just got that impression off of it, and I, I, I read that that was kind of maybe what you guys were thinking along those lines. Is that is, is that accurate, I guess? <laughs> that, that is so on point, man. And thank you for having open ears to be able to hear that stuff. Yeah, of course. Some of my favorite tracks, that Daily Madness, that was like one of my more upbeat, like frantic, kind of badass riffage tracks. But my favorite track on the album, uh, the new one, is The Heart. I really, I, I dug that track a lot. And I almost felt I it. I told you, Yanni. That's the hit. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's our favorite one, too, to a, lot, to a certain degree. Yeah, we, uh, we love playing it. Um, you know, it's uh, just like a. A, a pretty simple C minor kind of bass line, but then uh, we're just able to to to, to l put so many different things over it, and then uh, yeah, and I you know and the, the title came like afterwards, you know what I mean? It just felt right, right you yeah, know? like that's what this song is about. Yeah, I felt like that song, it reminded me a lot of like something like, I don't know, off of uh, like Zeppelin's No Quarter or something from House of the Holy. It had this really cool like kind of intro and just kind of like it was telling a story, you know, and I love how your guys' music, of course, for people that aren't familiar, don't have any lyrics. And I feel like the music kind of does the talking for it in a lot of ways. And you guys have really interesting ways of structuring your songs that kind of like tell a story and it's kind of neat is that is that intentional or is that just oh. kind of how it comes out well look you couldn't say anything better to us than that because that is exactly what we're trying to do we're uh. trying to tell stories without words awesome right? yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, it's killer, and you guys really succeed in that on this new album. I feel like it, it kind of tells the story. Just It's a perfect encapsulation of your band as a whole. Uh, kind of, you, know, you, you have those uh, upfront riffs, but you have that kind of spacey, uh, spaciness in between that kind of links everything together. It's really awesome, and I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Thank you. Yeah, when I first heard that track, the horror, it often takes me quite a while to forget, like, studio nerves and mistakes and all to enjoy our, the music after we recorded it. Sure. But that song hit me right away, and I was like, wow, that's really definitely three people talking directly to each other. And Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, part, part, of the, part of the process uh, is, uh, we'll let you in on a little secret. We will. When when we recorded the songs, we didn't really know them that well. <laughs> okay, quite true. And uh, I, that was kind of intentional. I, wa- I wanted I wanted to get like you know, and and we don't do a lot of uh, fixing or overdubbing that kind of thing with our with our stuff either. Awesome. Uh, Annoying keyboards. Don't go there, Lexi. So, so you know what, what you're getting is kind of like uh, a pretty much live uh, a version of the song. You know what I mean? Definitely. And, um, I feel like you know, like like the. I mean, that's the way. Um, I, I, maybe that's why it has. It, it reminds you a little bit of, of Zeppelin or something like that because you know that's the way people were thinking more about music back then. You know uh, that it, that was that it's like a a living thing. Not just like dots on a computer screen. Exactly. You know? Yep. I know. And I, when I try and describe your music to my friends, I have a, a, a favorite comparison. I hope you guys uh, enjoy this. So what I say when they're like, "What's Stinking Lizavetta? What do they kind of sound like?" I'm like, "Well, if you take the precision and complex timing of something like Robert Fripp or King Crimson with the raw riffage and pinch harmonics of Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath, and they had a baby." And that baby was raised wow. in Pennsylvania, uh, in Philadelphia. I think that would be your band right there. <laughs> well, that's a high compliment, man. That's awesome. That's definitely where where our heads are for sure. And um, it comes well, across. I think the idea of like doing, you know, p- putting something together, or recording something that that that's new, that that hasn't been like necessarily road tested. I mean. It sort of for me that the idea cuts against all of this crazy just like grinding certainty that everything has to have now right like, like right. Well, someone's going to attack you or whatever you know it's like human life is not certain we feel our way through things and it's okay to do that also in music do, do you guys like i think you mentioned that maybe before that you were already working on some of these new songs before do you test out stuff live just like bust it out on the audience like kind of like hey we're working on this right now what do you guys you know here here's something new without kind of you know uh really working on it in the studio uh much yes yeah yeah we, yes. we, we always have to have a christening of a of a tune <laughs> right you know, david and then, and then sometimes you know it'll it'll fall a little flat, and we'll we'll go we'll we'll take our 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 you know our bruises our wounds we'll lick our wounds, and then we'll go back to the drawing board and we'll we'll say okay do we save it or do we get rid of it and yeah we uh you know we're 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 just lucky that we still are uh, have riffs you know that we're still writing riffs <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think I think that's really cool, though. I mean, uh, we were saying it's been 30 years since that debut album from you guys, and this album sounds just as fresh and interesting and it's uh, exciting uh, as you guys did in the beginning. So compliments to you on that, you know? I mean, there's not a lot of bands that have been doing it for that long that can still put out exciting new music that always rest on their laurels and turned into some kind of fair band or, you know, some band that just plays the hits or something. You guys are still out there creating, so that, that's really well, cool. We, we haven't had the, the luxury of hits, so... Uh, <laughs> no, right? <laughs> we, never, we did. We would keep playing, though. <laughs> I think you guys are really like a live band that's meant to be experienced as well, so is there anything you guys... I know your management said you guys have something in the works as far as the tour, maybe nothing you can officially announce, but is there some Thing that you can tell us that you know regarding a tour about this new album i can okay uh, we're going to be out in most of july we're going to be out with a band called telekinetic yeti nice and uh another band i think called hoax uh, okay although i i i'm i'm pretty sure about that uh but uh like there the, we there hasn't been an official announcement about the tour yet um uh, but on the other hand, uh, I know that we're going to be doing uh, a lot of the uh, West Coast and uh, the Midwest. Hey, so we, you and guys are so coming out. You're coming out West. Yeah, we are. We're coming out to, to Los Angeles. We're coming out to San Francisco. And we haven't been there for a very long time because... Um, I was going to say, when was the last time you guys were uh, uh, playing shows uh, in those areas? Gas, the first time gas went up to $4 a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so it has been a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had to start just doing like half of the country, you know. Sure. And, uh, and so we kind of stuck with that. So this, uh, we're really happy for this opportunity to get back out to the West Coast. We... Um, we played a thing called uh, Psycho Las Vegas last year. That's right. And that was a chance to play to some West Coast people, and it made me realize that we just really need to get out there. Yeah, definitely. You guys have a lot of fans out here. Uh, there's a lot of people, you know, lurkers and stuff, and gladly somebody, me, in the industry that tries to get this out to the masses and let people know about it, uh, that you guys really are a gem, and uh, we'd love to have you out here more often. So uh, we can't wait for this new tour and this new album. It's really exciting. Right on. Hey, last uh, couple questions. I like to ask just like some fun stuff. What do you guys like to do when you're not playing or writing music? So, like, what are you guys into these days? Have you new hobbies? Are you animal people? Do you, you know, what, what do you guys like to do? I built a boat. No, no kidding. <laughs> Alexi built a boat. Alexi is, is the official fisherman of, wow. the, uh, of the band. He's the, uh, he'll take you out fishing for sure on his boat. That's killer. <laughs> I had no idea. That's so cool. Well, you know. Uh, yeah, he's raising two daughters. Nice. Yeah, I got I got a house full of women. So oh, okay. You're busy. I, I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> You're busy. I got it. Nice. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. This was a great interview. I really appreciate your time and, uh, you know, allowing us to, to, to air this and uh, being part of this. So thank you very much for your guys' time. Oh, thank you, man. Can't wait to see you on the West Coast. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to be there for whatever San Francisco date you have, uh, whatever venue it is. I'll be there for that show. L.A.'s a little bit too far for me. It's about four and a half hours, but San Francisco is about two. We'll be in San Francisco. We'll be up in your neighborhood. Okay. We'll be in touch, man. We'll we'll, we'll get you in there. All right, awesome. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much for this. It was truly an honor. It's been, uh, I was thinking about the last time, 
or the first time that I bought your CD was like I was saying in the early 2000s. So it's been about 20 years. And now that I'm on the radio and I'm talking to you guys, when I got that CD at the little Amoeba record store. So it's really cool for me. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Rock on. Thank you. All right. Awesome. We'll stay in touch. Thank you again, guys. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, how'd you guys like that interview? Hopefully you enjoyed it. Yes, yes, hopefully. Um, yeah, they, they were a blast, and you could tell they were just, like, uh, super cool, super appreciative. Um, it was it was really cool interviewing them. Um, so let's get to the news this week, because we, we don't have a whole lot, so we might as well just get to the news stories this week, guys. As I was mentioning, uh, David's out of town. Uh, my wife's not feeling too well. Oh, I still got the captioner going. What do you guys think about this captioner thing? I think I might add it. Um, <coughs> why not, right? Um, so let's 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 put it on here for everybody listening on the podcast right now. You guys can check us out on YouTube at Rock News Weekly, also twitch.tv slash Rock News Weekly. Follow us; you'll get notified when we go live. Let's get into the uh, Rock News for the week. This week of May 1st, 2023, Season 5, Episode number 13, we have our exclusive interview with Stinking Lizavetta, which you just heard. I'm going to make a separate video on YouTube for that that's just going to have the interview. So if you guys want to watch that in its entirety and and, uh, not have this full episode, totally fine. Check out our YouTube channel for that, YouTube at Rock News Weekly, if you guys missed it. Anthems and Phantoms, that new album is coming out June 23rd from Stinking Lizavetta, so pre-order it now at srarecords.com. All right, so let's get into the rock news this week of May 1st, 2023, Season 5, Episode 13. Aerosmith announcing their Peace Out Farewell Tour. Ivan Moody recovering from his hernia surgery. Uh, Travis Barker fan crashing into his neighbor's gate after being catfished online. Plus, this week in rock and roll history trivia, weekly WTF, and so much more. All of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com. Trivia won't be as fun without anybody here, but we'll still do it. Uh, see if you guys, maybe somebody's in the chat and wants to mess around, all right? Uh, watch us when we go live, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, it's all at Rock News Weekly. Check it out on eight different platforms. However you get your podcast, we're out there. All right, so let's move on to the Rock News. The big announcement uh, that we're going to get on Monday is the farewell uh, tour announcement from uh, Aerosmith, I can say that this is happening because uh, we got a, um, a thing from Live Nation that's illustrating these tour dates, um, and it is indeed happening. They're calling it the, um, Aero- uh, the, the Aerosmith Final Farewell Peace Out, and that's what uh, the, the name of the tour is going to be. And the announcement's going to be coming up 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday, so 7 a.m. Pacific as well as a handful of um, promotional banners that have been popping up this past week at music venues all across the uh, United States. So they're kind of teasing this is where it's going to happen. So you can see the TD Garden in here in Boston. They put that graphic up of Aerosmith that says, Peace Out. And, you know, you can basically infer that they're going to be playing there. So um, it's interesting. Uh I, th- I feel like uh, Joe Perry may have spilled the beans a little bit because he went on this podcast a couple weeks ago. Uh, well, as a new uh, radio station, excuse me, and then a bunch of podcasts like mine picked up on it. He was on W two or WBAB 102.3, and he says, quote, I don't know if I'm supposed to announce it or not, but we're going to announce the tour, and it's going to start in September, and it will go into next year. And being one of the guys who votes on this kind of thing, it looks like we're going to do it. 
and so they announced the tour and uh it's going to be happening now so by the time you guys are uh hearing this the tour dates are already out there but since i'm recording this on sunday i don't have all of the tour dates available to me i just have a couple of the california ones and i don't want to spoil that and break any kind of uh, agreement there so you can check out those tour dates it's going to be a big tour for radio uh for uh everybody involved huge industry tour uh radio is going to be pushing really hard on this one and uh it's going to be a big final tour for Aerosmith, so good for them. They deserve it, and I hope it turns out to be a really good tour. All right. Check this out. You guys see this picture here on the podcast? Uh, if you guys are listening, it's not as good, but Ivan Moody here um, in his hospital gown, in the hospital bed, giving us kind of a scowl here as Ivan Moody is recovering from hernia surgery, has to cancel all the shows that they had with uh, Metallica for right now, which is kind of crazy. Excuse me. Give me a second. Okay, so yeah, I had to cancel these shows with Metallica. Um, they were supposed to be performing over the weekend and had to cancel it leading up to it this week. It says, as many of you know, Ivan recently had surgery to correct an acute hernia injury. It says the recovery proved more challenging than initially thought, and on the advice of his doctors, Ivan and Five Finger Death Punch will not be able to perform the show in Amsterdam with Metallica. Five Hearing Death Punch will perform all subsequent scheduled dates. See you in Paris on May 17th. So it looks like he does have some time there uh, to kind of, you know, I guess recuperate. Uh, hernia surgery is no joke, man. That stuff is serious, serious deal, serious business. So hopefully uh, he can he can get through that all right. All right, next one. This was kind of crazy. There's a fan. Uh, you could see her here in the picture in her car. Uh, she was arrested on Friday after ramming her car through Travis Barker's neighborhood, his neighbor's security gate. Well, I guess it's the neighborhood security gate, the kind of a small little um, uh, gated community that he lives in. TMZ reported that the female suspect was booked for trespassing after trying to gain access to his home on four occasions. She was stopped by the Blink-182 drummer's security team and detained until law enforcement arrived. According to the outlet, Travis Barker is looking to uh, obtain a restraining order. Here's the deal. She had screenshots and printouts of their conversation um, she had with a fake Travis Barker account. Somebody catfished her, uh, and she thought it was the real Travis Barker. And uh, she drove long distance, drove there, and thought they were going to have a relationship or something crazy. And, uh, you know... The securities like wouldn't let her in, so she drove her car through the gate, and uh, pretty crazy, right? And uh, so hopefully they got that all figured out. This got headlines as well, pretty, uh, pretty cheesy and pretty goofy, but it's all a marketing ploy. Liquid death is that water that uh, everybody's been uh, kind of talking about, and drink. You see everybody with those cans; it's got a cool kind of logo. Well, Travis Barker becomes the spokesperson for Liquid Death and their Enema kit. It's the Enema of the State, clever play on the Blink-182 album. The Enema of the State collectible Enema kit. And it's an Enema with a can of Liquid Death water. It's basically all it is. Um, and it's it costs 182 bucks. It's sold out, of course, because people buy these crazy things. It will be collectible, I'm sure, uh, to whoever wants to buy such a thing. Um, 
It's not a real medical device. It's just a promotional item. But uh, Travis Barker, they had he had a pretty funny um, little video that he uh, that he did for it. Let me see if I can um, open this video link up. I think it's acceptable for Twitch. I hope so. I use liquid death mountain water in my thanks to my new signature enema of the state collectible enema kit. I've been able to turn my dreams into reality, and now you can too. Enema of the State Collectible Enema Kit is a real enema kit that comes with its own 19.2 ounce can of liquid death mountain water. When used properly, Enema of the State can make you as successful as Travis Barker. I use it, and now I'm the singer in a death metal band called Festering Corpse Puke. I use it, and now I eat people far less often. I use it, and now I'm at the front of the human centipede. I use it, and now I can speak Mandarin. We don't have to shishui. The Enema of the State collectible enema kit is not intended for use as a real medical device. Enema of the State should never be placed in or near your butthole without consulting a doctor first. Also, you should not place it in or near your friend's butthole without consulting them or their doctor first. Each can of Liquid Death is personally signed by me. So what are you waiting for? Get yours at liquiddeath.com slash enema. It'll be our secret. Okay, ready? <laughs> so you gotta you gotta give it to Travis Barker though. I mean he's uh, he's a pretty clever marketer, pretty clever guy. Uh, I, I I dig that reference to uh, you know Enema of the State and all of that. It's, it's pretty good. So anyway, all right, good stuff. Uh, this was a cool story. Check this out. Uh, Rob Zombie presenting White Zombie original motion picture soundtracks that white zombie or excuse me rob zombie is going to be doing now in partnership with waxwork records so check this out um never before released classic horror movie soundtracks is what he's going for here and this is going to be the first one uh white zombie the 1932 bella lugosi picture that gave zombies early band name its name and it's available now in 180 gram zombie and jungle colored vinyl package with liner notes by the entertainer himself. I did order this. Uh, I, I felt like this was a pretty unique release. I feel like it's going to be a collector's item and I'm interested in hearing it. It's never been released on vinyl before and it's a very popular movie. It's legendary. It's spooky. I think this would be perfect for Halloween, uh, you know, kind of stuff like that. So. Zombie, zombie, Rob Zombie says about all this, quote, I've always been a huge fan of movie soundtracks, so I jumped at the opportunity to work with Waxwork. Many of these films are greatly underappreciated, and they all contain such great music. To be able to release these deluxe packages is a dream come true. He says, White Zombie is a great film that not a lot of people know about. It amazes me that a film that is so readily available can be so lost. And that is cool artwork, man. I love that um, that artwork there. You guys see that? That's pretty killer. So good stuff, man, for uh, Rob Zombie doing that. Um, I look forward to getting my copy. Uh, in memoriam this week, sad, uh, Jerry Springer passing away at the age of 79. Now, who wasn't watching Jerry Springer in the 90s, uh, you know, on the days home, sick at sc uh, sick from school? Jerry Springer was the man. He, he was the dude. And, uh, you know... He was a genuinely good guy, even though that was uh, a pretty uh, trashy show in a lot of ways. He, he genuinely was a good guy. I think, you know, he exploited a lot of those people, the producers did for sure. 
Uh, but he, 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 it was the first of its kind, man. Before we had YouTube and we, before we had reality television the way we did, we there was Jerry Springer, and he pushed the boundaries. And he was a pretty pretty cool guy uh, outside of the show as well, turns out. So R.I.P. Jerry Springer. All right, we got some birthdays to get to. Oh, I didn't bring my switcher. Uh, I'll have to do it manually, so it's time for some rock birthdays. Let's do it. Here we go. Yes, birthdays of the week. Who do we got this week? Doug Cosmo Clifford. Look at him. He looks in fabulous shape. Doug Cosmo Clifford, drummer for CCR and uh, Credence Clearwater Revisited. I guess that's the newest uh, incarnation of that, right? He's 78, and he looks great. So good for him, man. He's still kicking ass. Um, Ace Freely is 72. He's been in the headlines lately. We were talking about that whole thing, him calling up... uh, Supposedly, Paul Stanley called him up and said, F you, Ace, and just hung up the phone on him after Ace demanded an apology from him. So, <laughs> those guys feisty as ever. So, kiss there. He's 72. Uh, Chuck Level or Level. Chuck Level, Keyboardist for the Rolling Stones, Eric Clapton, the Allman Brothers Band, and Sea Level. Sea Level is a very cool, underrated band. I got to say, if you guys are a fan of... Any of those other bands there, Sea Level's kind of cool. They're a little more um, jazzy, maybe a little more fusion. But I really dig that band, too. The, that album, Cats on the Coast, is is really good. All right, Klaus Vorman, the bassist, he he did all... I think he was a session uh, session musician. Played with Beatles, Peter Frampton, Lou Reed, Man from Band. He's 85, and look at him. He's still looking good up there, man. Klaus Vorman. Nice. All right, we got some trivia to get to, so let's get to that trivia this week. Let's do it. Trivia time. Here. Let's go. This week in rock and roll history, trivia. Yes, time for some trivia. Even though we don't have anybody here, I'll play along with my one viewer in the chat and you all listening at home. All right. This week in 1900. Engineer John Luther Casey Jones of the Illinois Central Railroad is killed in a wreck after staying at the controls of his train in an effort to save the passengers. The Grateful Dead's Casey Jones paid tribute to this tale. The song made its very first appearance on which 1970 album? You all know the, the track Casey Jones, right? Riding that train, high on cocaine. Where was its first appearance? Was it A, Working Man's Dead, B, American Beauty, or C, Live Dead? Or was it D, David Cocaine Conductor Crosby and his train-hopping hobo halfwits? So where was that first appearance from the Grateful Dead's Casey Jones? Well, we can eliminate David Cocaine Conductor Crosby because obviously it wasn't a Grateful Dead album. You guys give up? Working Man's Dead. That was the one Casey Jones was on, very first debut. I believe that one came out in 1970. And uh, that that tragic accident happened on this week, 1900. John Luther Casey Jones. Pretty crazy. All right, we got one more question. 
This week in 1976, while in Memphis, Tennessee, the guitarists from this band take a cab to Graceland at 3 a.m. They try to climb over the fence to meet Elvis Presley, and they're escorted off the premises by the guards. Who was it? What band was it where the guitarists did this kind of crazy stunt? Was it A, Judas Priest, B, Aerosmith, or C, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band? Oh, we have another one. It could be David Crosby's Blue Suede Shoes. David Crosby with an acoustic guitar, playing Elvis songs in drop D, completely nude, wearing just blue suede shoes while freebasing cocaine on stage and firing his six-shooter pistol in the air. Could be that one as well. What do you guys think? So Judas Priest, Aerosmith, Bruce Springsteen, or David Crosby's Blue Suede Shoes. Well, give up. Bruce Springsteen and Miami Stephen Van Zant. The legend has it, this week in 1976, they took a cab to Graceland around 3 a.m. Springsteen himself tried to climb over the fence to meet Elvis Presley, but, of course, he is escorted off the premises by the guards. Uh, but that was when Elvis was still alive, and uh, he tried. So good for him, you know. <laughs> That's one of those lifetime things, you know. you gotta got to give it a shot. Okay, so normally I have David do this, but I'm going to give it a shot this week and see if I can do it. So these are new rock metal album releases in less than 30 seconds. I don't have my transition button, so I'm going to not be as good at this as I should be, but we will try. All right, so let's do it. This week's new metal and rock albums in 30 seconds. Here we go. Chrome Waves, Cradle of uh, Earth Will Shed Its Skin, Cradle of Filth, Trouble in Their Double Lives, Crown of the Empire, Dogma, The Damned, Dark, Dark Delic, Danova, Nothing But Nothing, Defiled, The Highest Level, Elven King, Reader of the Runes, Enforced, War Remains, Fires in the Distance, Era Not Meant for Us, Grave Worm, Killing Innocence, Hawkwind, The Future Never Waits, Ingea, Dreams of Land Unseen, King's X in the New Age, Mesa, Mesa, Live at Roadburn, Ross the Boss, Legacy of Blood, Fire and Steel, Sass Jordan, Live in New York, 94, Sinner, Born to Rock, The Noir Years, 87 to 84, uh, spotlights, all chemi for the dead, swollen teeth, swollen teeth, trapeze, midnight flyers. Hey, I did it. That's all the new albums that are coming out uh, that just came out on Friday, April 28th. All right. Good stuff. Let's transition back to the regular screen here. Uh, boom. Let's go. There we go. And we're back to the rock news. Movie, TV, entertainment, gaming news is sad news for uh, Bam Margera. You can see here, this is a picture of him kind of uh, getting out of jail. Um, Three days in jail after Pennsylvania State Police issued a warrant for his arrest. He had turned himself in. Um, Or, I'm sorry. So, three days after they issued a warrant for his arrest, now he is in jail. Uh, And this is a picture of him. Uh, surrendering in front of the jail. So he wanted to show that he was doing the right thing. Uh, His brother, Jess Margera, uh, apparently, here's the story. Bam faces criminal charges for allegedly punching his brother, Jess, in the face, threatening family members. Jess wrote on Twitter on Wednesday, Bam really is the sweetest guy when he isn't messed up, but since his meth habit, he's unrecognizable, and I really don't know what he's capable of. Seeing him screaming at, at a person that wasn't there, hallucinating... It's really scary and heartbreaking. So then Bam went on to address those accusations. On Thursday, he says, 
I just got out of the courthouse with my lawyers. Everything went great, and the false accusations of what my brother say are is not true, and he will be sued for defamation as well as being evicted from Castle Bam sooner than later. So they live together. The reason this happened is because I read his phone saying he wants me back in California, and he wants to, f to find a way to 302 me. F him. So I don't know. That's a police code for something, I'm sure. Uh, but Bam, I hope you get the help you need, man. He's been really on a bad downward spiral, uh, and I hope he's, uh, you know, able to, to get it together. Sounds like his family just wants to help. Um, all right, this was kind of a crazy story that Nicolas Cage didn't mind sharing. Nicolas Cage admits to paying, uh, playing crummy roles to pay off his debt. He had $6 million in debt, and he told 60 Minutes in a new interview... It was released on Sunday, April 23rd. He says, quote, I was over-invested in real estate. The real estate market crashed, and I couldn't get out in time. I paid them all back, but it was about $6 million. I never filed for bankruptcy, he added. Work was always my guardian angel. It may not have been blue chip, but it was still work. Even if the movie is ultimately crummy, they know I'm not phoning it in that I care every time. And I got to agree with that. I, you know, and that's why you've seen Nicolas Cage in so many weird movies is that, you know, guys just trying to work and maybe they're not all great, you know, like he says, blue chip movies or whatever. Uh, but he's just trying to stay, stay active and get himself out of debt. And now he's finally got himself financially where he's doing good. So good for you, Nicolas Cage. Very cool. Okay. American Pie at the White House. Did you guys see this? This was really cool. Uh, American Pie at the White House. Uh, the South Korea president. Um, I got to play the video for you guys. Uh, the video was fantastic. So let me uh, get this. Uh... So this is Joe Biden and the South Korean president. He's, they're like, we want to hear you sing it. And apparently he knows it. So now he's grabbing the mic. He's going to do it. Used to make me smile. And now I knew if I had my chains That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while A February made me shiver With the paper I deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I tried when I where the bowries will go bright Something touched me deep inside The day the music died <laughs> I was a fellow who wrote that song, Miss American Pie, that uh, couldn't be here tonight. But he wanted you to have his signed guitar. So they gave him the signed guitar from Don McLean, the guy who wrote that song, which is really cool. I thought that was really cool. Don McLean. You know? Don McLean. Don McLean. Thank now, you the, so much. The, the next state dinner we're going to have. You're looking at the entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really cool. So uh, <laughs> good for good for them, you know, uh, to to do that, and good for him, dude. He could really sing that, and I was thinking about it. I don't think I could if I was being put on the spot. I wouldn't know the lyrics to that uh, song right away. That wasn't my generation, but 
Uh, you know, crazy, right? I thought that was pretty awesome of him to do that. Um, okay, this is kind of crazy too, man. Researchers teach parrots to make video calls. I think I have a video of this as well. Check this out. There's these parrots, man, that... Ellie the parrot, and she's able to do these video calls. So check this out. Um, just shows, like, these pets, and they're, like, capable of such amazing things. Uh, and we really underestimate them, their intelligence, and I, I just thought this was cool. Check this out. So the parrot's looking at a tablet of other parrots. It sees the other parrots, and it knows how to tap on the screen to to start the call and to interact on the on the screen with the other parrot. Uh, it's pretty amazing, and just shows like how smart those animals and every animal really, when given the proper you know training or setting, it's amazing how smart they are. So. I thought that was really cool. Okay, web captioner. There we go. We're back there. Okay. I think that's it for us this week, guys. Um, yep, that's it. Everything at rocknewsweekly.com. Sorry it was a shorter one to, uh, this week. Um, we it had the interview, so hopefully that made up for it. Um, we're going to have that separate as well on YouTube. If you guys missed the interview, uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, at Rock News Weekly. We'll have a, a separate interview uh, video just for that it's about 15 minutes long that we're going to put out there uh, watch us live every sunday twitch.tv slash rock news weekly watch our episodes on demand youtube at rock news weekly have a good rest of your guys's week and i will see you guys next time all right have a good one peace we'll see you guys oh let's do an ad well it will end with an ad we'll do quadratic chaos have a good night, guys. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Oh, man, I just can't get this right. Dang it. Hey, kids. Burpee here. Well, are y'all planning on packing your bags for card captain here? No, not really. You have the difficulty of figuring out the complex timing of your favorite corn classics? Five-eighths, four-fourths, seven-eighths. It can be pretty tricky to learn sometimes, right? What if I told you you can learn these complex corn timings all with the elegant simplicity of quadratic equations? Uh, I, I guess that sounds cool. It's simply a matter of mathematics. I'm Corn Camp's new math teacher. Here to teach you some rockin' quadratic formulas to dissect the timing of your favorite corn song. Cool! I've had quite a history with math and rhythm. Oh, my Sunday school days, when the bristles of my mustache were but a downy fluff. Mother demanded a perfect cadence, discipline, and the truth of eternal forms. Oh, mother, what fondness and rhythm and timing she fostered in those, my tender years. That is until, uh, until, no, no. I can't. Pardon us, Barry. Uh, come back, please. You have a contractual obligation. <sighs> well, back back in my beatnik days, I was entranced by the pulsing cadence of a coffeehouse bongo drum. The rhythmic snapping of fingers. That's a cool verse. Exposing the decadence of American vice. But, uh, I'm tired of that scene. Calculating those rhythms was so pedestrian. I needed chaos! I needed anarchy! 
across a different pod from London and began to thrash. <laughs> Punk rhythm flashed through my head. Rhythm gave me meaning. Solace. But living in a punk house didn't give me scabies, so I, I came home and I went to school. I went to Texas A&M. Math is it's just everywhere, kids. Even in your favorite corn classics, like... Dead bodies everywhere. Y'all want a single. Love and meth. Let's quadratic chaos. Sign up for Gord Camp's Quadratic Chaos with Barry Anderson now. Go to CordCamp.com.